our pal, Uncle K, Joey Kanish, stops by in 20 minutes talking college football. Honestly, like, I can't wait to get back to talking the NFL preseason. I think we might have more certified banger bets week two of the preseason than week two of the regular season at this rate with yeah. some of the breakdown that we've got here. Uh, finishing last segment with the flourish with the uh, with the Chiefs and the Cardinals and the Jets and the Buccaneers. We'll pick back up with the Packers and the Patriots, the Titans and the Vikings coming up next hour here on the show. We will get to at least one school in the ACC today. Lochmas meets eight buckets. All our bets for tonight coming up in the Power Hour, final hour of the show. One of the breakout stars, uh, I would say, in the sports betting landscape this summer is our friend Anthony DeBundo, who does an awesome job over at the Action Network. Ken and I, like, love having you on the show, Anthony. Like, we've, we've been talking about it, like, off air, like, talking about our plans for football season. I asked Anthony earlier today, like, hey, man, like, would you would you want to come on with us for a weekly during uh, football, American football season to serve us, our soccer audience. Ken and I both like soccer. Uh, and Anthony was kind enough to say yes. So I think we'll have Anthony on uh, coming up this fall as well, giving us soccer picks here on You Better, You Better. And he's been great, and we're very happy about that. He is on Twitter, at Anthony DeBundo. My friend, welcome back to the show, Nick and Ken. I'd ask you how it's going, but I know that you had a couple crushing uh, futures defeats, unfortunately, in the in the Women's World Cup this week. I'm sorry to bring that up, but I figured it was going to come up at some point anyway. Yeah, France lost the longest shootout in World Cup history uh, in the quarters. And then Sweden, Spain, one of the matches of the tournament, uh, they went out on a stoppage time banger from 25 yards. You know, you tip your cap, and there's a lot of variance in these tournaments. You, you just want to get a couple tickets into the quarters and semis and hope you can catch a couple breaks. We didn't get them. Uh, I bet France every World Cup they never win. So maybe next time. Anthony, we uh, I know there's a ton of Premier League that Nick wants to do with you. He was reading you his bets before we came back for this segment, and there were a lot of them, and you had thoughts on like all of them. So we'll definitely save a ton of time for that. But just to pay off kind of the, the coverage of the Women's World Cup that you've been doing on our show, the bets that you've been giving out, I'm sure people have been following this. It's obviously very early in the morning, East Coast time, middle of the night, depending on where you are. But there are two matches left. There's uh, the third place match, right, and the final. The third place match is Saturday morning, very early, Sweden and Australia, with Sweden a very small favorite to finish third. And then Spain and England, almost like a, a virtual coin flip in terms of the betting market in the Women's World Cup final. And that's on Sunday morning. So either match, Sweden, Australia for third place, Spain, England to win the Women's World Cup. Uh, any bets for you in either of those matches? Yeah, I've got nothing on the third place game. You know, Sweden at the end of a long tournament, uh, not necessarily as motivated here, whereas Australia at home, Sam Kerr, their best player, finally looked fit and at her best against the English uh, that's the big key for them. Don't bet for me, though. Uh, I do like Spain in the final. Spain, if you look at the underlying numbers, has been the clear best team in this tournament. Uh, expected goal difference, uh, creating over 3 XG per game. Second best defense in the tournament, uh, behind only the United States, who went out. Uh, and and so they've been dominant at both ends of the pitch. And look, they also played a much tougher schedule than England. If you look at their opponents, uh, pretty much controlled both matches against the Dutch and the Swedes. Uh, and they're going to really take it to England and want to have a lot of possession. England has been the overwhelming favorite in uh, in its first two knockout matches and then was a solid favorite in its third. But they played teams who want to give England the ball. Uh, I think it kind of changes tactically. England, as good as they are defensively, has still not looked at its best offensively. And that's my big criticism of them. Uh, they've actually been the ninth best attack in this tournament per uh, shots per 90 and XG per 90. So... From a, from a tactical point of view and from a prior point of view, I understand why England is so well-loved by the market. They won the Euros last year. They have the best manager, and they've been very good. But Spain has reached a much higher ceiling in this tournament, and I think they're the better team. So I like Spain to uh, – I bet them draw no bet because I just really don't want penalties to happen to me. So uh, draw no bet is the 90-minute only line. So if we get to pens, you know, I don't want to be laying minus 120 in a penalty shootout against – I do think England has the better goalie, so that could matter if we get to shootouts. 
there's a good betting analysis there for the Women's World Cup final coming up this weekend with Spain and England. Uh, speaking of England, let's go to the uh, the English Premier League, and maybe Ken can ask about Tottenham and Manchester United, which I guess, like, on paper is maybe the game of the weekend this year in the Prem. I want to ask you, though, about Manchester City and Newcastle. Um, Manchester City lose Kevin De Bruyne, you know, I, I said earlier this week, I, he might not even be the best player on his own team with Erling Haaland there leading the attack, but certainly one of like a handful of best players in the world. And De Bruyne's going to be out for a while. Maybe Phil Foden can kind of like kind of pick up the slack for, for De Bruyne. Newcastle finishes top four last year in the Champions League this year. Uh, flying high right now, slam Aston Villa, who's playing in Europe this year also in, in the opener. Um, and Newcastle got bet off the De Bruyne injury news here. So right now at BetMGM, Manchester City playing at the Etihad, which is Manchester City hosting the game. City minus 145, draw plus 300. Newcastle's plus 375, total in the game two and a half and three, or just straight up two and a half at a domestic sports book. Um, Anthony, what do you see here from Manchester City and Newcastle? Yeah, it's really hard because you know, the market has come hard toward Newcastle. And it's not just off of the De Bruyne news, but of course how Newcastle looked in match week one. But I think there's a little bit of sharp money coming in here because of the fatigue issue. You know, City played on Wednesday in Greece uh, against Sevilla. They played a full 90. Pep did not really rotate. He played pretty much his first choice 11. He made one sub in the final five minutes. And then he complained after the match. Uh, about the Premier League making them play on Saturday instead of Sunday or Monday when they could have easily rescheduled the match. So there's certainly some issue that Guardiola has right now. And I'm a little concerned about City right now. And I know, you know, I was somebody who kind of lost money betting against them at the end of last season. But they were so good because they got so much production out of their front four. And they didn't really have to send more numbers forward because Grealish, De Bruyne, Mares. Holland, and then occasionally Gundogan at the end of the season was pretty much all the attack they needed. They were so solid defensively because they didn't need to send numbers forward. But you take Mares out because he's gone. You take De Bruyne out because he's injured. And now they're relying on guys that just don't have the same track record and don't have the same level of performance. Foden's, I like Foden as a player, but he hasn't been as consistent. Uh, you know, Bernardo Silva may play now because he just signed a new contract, but he hasn't really had much of a preseason, full preseason, because he was looking for a move. And, and then... Uh, you know, Alvarez has been okay, and Cole Palmer's a good youngster for the, for the future, but they're not getting the same level of production around Holland. So I think there is a little bit of a drop-off for City. And you look at it with De Bruyne, like he completed five passes into the penalty area in 20 minutes against Burnley. After he went off, they just weren't as good. Now, they were up two goals, so that played a factor. But uh, I think it's Newcastle or nothing here, but the market has come so far down. I mean, Newcastle City did not close minus 140 at home against anyone last year. You look at Liverpool, Arsenal, United, they were always at least minus 170. Now it's minus 140 against Newcastle. It's a little bit uh, cheap. So I, I can't bet the Magpies at this number. But if it gets back up there toward you know the plus one, I will take Magpies on the road. Anthony, Nick kind of fed me my next question there. Obviously, he has like a ton of Premier League to ask you, but sounds like an important match because Tottenham and Manchester United strike me as teams that always finish really high up on the table and they're playing. And this is the match right before Newcastle and Man City time-wise. This will be like just after noon on the East Coast time on Saturday. Uh, the game is at Tottenham. So market three-way is like pretty even. Uh, plus 185 for Tottenham, plus 135 uh, for Manchester United, and tie is plus 260. Uh, Tottenham, Manchester United. Uh, what's interesting about this? Well, uh, I, you know, the first match for both teams kind of uh, showed some promising signs for both and some really troubling ones. For Man United, anybody who watched the match on Monday knows they were very fortunate to win that match. They conceded over 2 XG. There, there should have been a penalty in stoppage time. 
They conceded the second most box entries in the entire league last weekend against Wolves, a team who was the worst attack in the Premier League last season. So it's a concern. But also, I thought United showed some promising things. Uh, they had 16 high turnovers, which is turnovers in the other team's half. That was the most they've had any game uh, under Tent Hog. Uh, and that's encouraging because their attackers could not have played worse. Uh, and they still got to 2xG and, and still did find the goal ultimately. So they could, you know, if they keep turning teams over that much, they're going to score goals. And Tottenham is a team that is under a new manager trying to do this play out from the back and take some risks and defensively in order to keep the ball and possess the ball and move it up the pitch. So I actually think both defenses have flaws here. Uh, I know Nick and I were just talking off air. I bet the over two and a half. Uh, the market has come up a lot. Uh, it was as low as 130 up to 175 now. It's starting to get a little bit high because I still have question marks about Tottenham uh, and United in terms of their striker situation. But I cannot get to United being a road favorite at Tottenham. Uh, United took just two points off of the top nine on the road last season. They were not good away from home against the good teams. Uh, and it was a, a faction of, of them being really vulnerable defensively. And they showed the same cracks last week. I think they're vulnerable. And I, I like Spurs here. Draw no bet. Uh, you can find plus money out there. Plus 110 uh, on them to uh, get a result here at worst and maybe even win it. Anthony, we have about 90 seconds to go here. Any other bets that you like this weekend in the Premier League? Could be one game, could be a couple. We have about 90 seconds here. Um, some of your favorite other bets this weekend in the Prem. Yeah, so we just talked about this one too. Brighton was minus 105 on the look ahead. They played really well on Saturday, scored four on Luton Town, got bet up to minus 140 as high as I saw it, uh, maybe even got higher. And then Wolves had a great game on Monday and everybody went and said, oh, we got to bet Wolves now. Uh, and the market went back down to minus 105, minus 110. Look, I don't, I didn't change my prior too much on either team. It's one game. I had Brighton power rated close to minus 140, uh, and I think they should be about right about minus 135, 140 for this game. So, given how dominant they've been and how great they looked in the first game, and the market continuing to undervalue them, it's going to be a Brighton for me again, just like last week. Uh, the Seagulls on the money line on the road at Wolves. Uh, keep in mind, Brighton last season was the most profitable team from open to close in terms of like where the market moved. So I wouldn't be surprised to see some more late money coming from Brighton or toward Brighton as we get closer. Anthony, awesome stuff, man. Great job breaking down the Premier League this weekend. Um, I've loved the Women's World Cup breakdowns for the duration of this event. Kind of sad that it's coming to an end. Uh, you're awesome, and we can't wait to talk to you during football season this year as well on You Better You Bet. Anthony is on Twitter at Anthony DeBundo. You can check out all his work over at the Action Network, actionnetwork.com. My friend, thank you very much. Best of luck with all your bets, especially because we line up on a couple of them, and we will talk to you soon. Thanks, and uh, my sleep schedule is happy that the World Cup is over. Yeah, man, yeah, that's no like – if Anthony looks young, Anthony's probably going to be, what, his mid-20s probably? So you think he's probably okay. Like for us, that would be yeah. that would be pretty crushing. Well, I, I remember – I mean when I was younger than mid-20s, but the uh, the South Korea-Japan World Cup, they shared one, right? Or Korea – yeah, Korea. And Korea made the third place match with like a, in a like outrageous string of results. They beat like Italy, and there was like a phantom red card they in the match. They played Turkey. I remember, yeah. They played Turkey in, in that, the third that third place, place game. Right. And the, the South Korean team, the thing was like, they could just run forever, basically. And that's like how they were able to win. But I still, I remember like middle of the night for all those matches. Like it was, you know, it was started at like 1am and it just kind of kept going after that, basically until the, uh, the wee hours of the morning Eastern. And I was, I was okay for that. But nowadays, uh, not so much, probably not so good. Tri Trivia question for you. Brazil beat Germany in that World Cup final in 2002. Who was the, the legendary German keeper? Do you remember? Uh, Oliver Kahn and Ronaldo yeah, scored twice against one. them. And it was yeah, a rebound goal was the second one, I think, right? Uh, I, how great is the World Cup? 
I'm that, so that sad that we like, don't get it for three years. Soccer now. things I pay attention to. Yeah, it's it's just it's the best. It's really fun. I, I think Euros next year, right? Because because of COVID, like it got moved. Yeah. It, it got moved. Yes. 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 Were, you about, were you about to say thank God for COVID? Is that what you were about to say? No, <laughs> that's right. no, that's right. no, that's right. no, no, China. Two hours down, two more to go. <laughs> Coming up next, <laughs> Uncle K, Joey Kiddish talking college football here on You Better You Bet.